Hey, and welcome to this podcast by Chestnut Mountain Church, located in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where our mission is to saturate the world by making disciples. We invite you to check out our website at chestnutmountain.org and follow us on social on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at chestnutmtn underscore to learn more about who we are. There are also video episodes located on our YouTube channel, along with other content not on this podcast. This episode features a sermon replay from Sunday's message. Let's take a listen. This morning is going to kind of be segmented into different parts of this service, and there'll be several different responses that we ask for, but the but what I know is this is not Brian's idea. This is something that the Holy Spirit of God was leading us to do this week. And, and believe me, believe it or not, I am a little OCD. And when God starts doing these things, I'm like, oh, no, no, God, that, that kind of gets out of schedule. Come on, can you like work to our schedule? We're not really all about yours. It's about ours, right? But so that's where we're gonna be going this morning. But you know, there's been a word that we've continued to mention over the last several weeks, well, a couple of months now that, when we've been looking in the book of 1 Thessalonians, and it's that word, imitate. The definition of imitate is to follow as a model. And as the examples that we've been given, if you remember, Paul challenged Timothy and Silas. He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And then all throughout this this letter, we've realized that that Paul is continuing continuing to celebrate that the church at Thessalonica is, is imitating Paul and Timothy and Silas, but ultimately we know because they're imitating those three men, they're imitating the Savior. And so Paul celebrates that over and over and over again. He says, I'm so thankful that you're imitating us. But the message is, I am so thankful that you're imitating the Savior. You're imitating who the Lord is. And so what we're gonna look at in chapter three today is that he's gonna continue to mention all that they are doing, but he's ultimately celebrating the fact that the church at Thessalonica continues to imitate the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I want you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter three. (laughs) Yes, it's a flashback to the student ministry days. And you look just as young as they do. So if y'all wanna join that applause, we're gonna turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter three. Seven of you joined in, praise God. But 1 Thessalonians chapter three, and we're gonna just look at verses six through eight this morning. Verses six through eight is where we're gonna start. That's not where we're gonna end, sorry. You got excited, we're like, "Hmm, three verses today. Man, we're gonna be out of here quick. But read with me in verses six through eight. Paul goes on to write, but now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us good news of your faith and love and that you always think kindly of us, longing to see us as we as long to see you. Verse seven, for this reason, brethren, in all of our distress and afflictions, we were comforted. I want you to highlight, underline, circle that, whatever you need to do to remember it. We were comforted about you through your faith. And then verse eight, he says, for now we really live if you stand firm in the Lord. So we see that Paul begins here again in this small section, bragging on the church at Thessalonica, bragging on all that they are doing, but they're being faithful. But we see that he mentioned their their faith and their love. 
He mentioned the fact that, that they long to see them just as they long to see each other. And so he's celebrating that they're imitating each other. Then he mentions faith again. Then he mentions the fact that they're continuing to stand firm. But there's three words that I mentioned that I told you to highlight, to underline, that, that I just, out of my curiosity, I wonder if the children or the, the church at Thessalonica picked up on what Paul said. Paul's bragging on them. He's celebrating all that they are doing, but then just out of nowhere, he says, we were comforted by you. We were comforted by how you're living. We were comforted by what you're carrying out. And so while we see all of this encouragement, those three words jumped out to me because if you remember going back to last week, we talked about the why Paul sent Timothy to the church at Thessalonica. He sent Timothy back so that they, or so that he could comfort all of them so that he could encourage them, so that he could strengthen them. And now all of a sudden, Paul kind of flips this thing on its head and says, hey, we sent Timothy to do that. But now that we're hearing about that, you were actually comforting us by the way that you live. And so here we see that whole imitation thing being played out. But do you wonder if those, the church at Thessalonica picked up on that? Because if it's me, I'm sitting there going, dude, did you hear what he just said? This is Paul talking. Paul that's been comforting, that's been encouraging us. Paul just said that God is using us in his life. I kind of put this in layman terms. Like this would be like Michael Jordan calling me and say, Brian, I just need to let you know, you have really helped me with my jump shot. <laughs> that would be what this is, the magnitude of what Paul is talking about. And he's saying here, look, we are comforting, we are encouraging, we are strengthening you, but what I need you to know is this, God is also using you to give us comfort, to provide comfort for us. And so I don't know about you, but that would just be mind blowing to me that this Paul guy is saying that God has used us in his life. And so what we see here is that's really not the theme of the day. That's not the, the really the, the main point of today, but it helps us paint the picture that we really learn the selflessness of Paul. We really learn how selfless Paul was. Paul is not all about Paul. Paul really is truly number one about the Lord, but he's always about other people. He's always about what God is doing around him. And so while we see that this is mind blowing, that Paul is saying, you have been used in my life. Then he goes on to even expand there. And he says, we really live if you stand firm in the Lord. When you look at that phrase, when he's telling them we really live, the literal translation of that means, it means this, that we enjoyed living because of you. That's a weighty statement for the apostle Paul to tell the church at Thessalonica. We enjoy living because of we hear what God is doing in you. This is what's giving us hope. This is why we keep fighting. This is why we keep moving. And so he's ultimately thanking them for all that they are doing. And this helps us get the idea of just how selfless Paul is. So we're gonna continue reading and there's two more things that this is kind of where we're gonna land for the day. There's there are the two main points that we wanna see that, that really help us hear the heart of Paul. And as I've read this, I'm like, God, this, if this right here could be the heart of our church, 
If this could be the heart of, of all of us in this room today, I believe that it would change everything about the kingdom of God. It would absolutely turn our community upside down if we would imitate this selflessness that Paul is putting on display. So I want you to keep reading with me in verses nine through 12. For what thanks can we render to God for you in return for all the joy with which we rejoice before our God on your account? Verse 10, as we night and day keep praying, you may want to highlight, circle, underline that one too. Keep praying most earnestly that we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. Verse 10, now may our God and Father himself, Jesus our Lord, direct our way to you and may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another, for all people. There's two things here that we can pick up on that help us see how selfless Paul was. The two things that we see is that he is thanking and praising God. Listen to this. He is thanking and praising God for all that God is doing in everybody else's life. Did you catch that? He is praising and thanking God for all that he is doing in everybody else's life. But then he goes on to say, not only am I thankful for what all God is doing in your life, but I'm also been praying for you. I'm also praying for you. Now, the one thing you gotta keep in mind is, remember, Paul is constantly being persecuted. He's constantly under pressure. He's constantly being ridiculed for his faith. He's constantly being punished for his faith. But here's this guy who is more concerned about what God has done in everybody else's life, and then he's gonna go just keep praying for everybody else. What does our prayer life look like when we're in tough times? What does our prayer life look like when we're in those, those tough spots, when we're stuck between a rock and a hard place? As I was reading this, I was thinking about my own life and I'm like, you know what? When I face difficult times, when I'm facing tough spots, you know who I pray for? Me. God, I need your help. God, I need your strength. God, I need you to remove this. God, I need you to get me through this. So I can't even fathom what Paul is living in, what he's walking through, but yet listen to his prayer life. I'm gonna keep praying for all of you. And I'm gonna keep celebrating what God has done in all of your life instead of being focused on what I'm walking through. What would the kingdom of God look like if that's how we were all wired? What would it look like that even in our tough spots, even in our tough seasons, we weren't self-absorbed and we continued to pray for the body of Christ? It's a game changer. It's the selflessness and the heart of who Paul is. But when we read one of those things, it almost sounds like he's praying for himself because he says, I pray that we will see your face. Now that sounds like it's got some selfish motives in it, but what you have to realize is the following statement is basically he's talking about, I wanna see your face so the work of God can be completed. And so the reason that he wants to see their face is not so that he can just be excited for himself, but he's wanting to see their face so that he can keep pouring into them, so that he can keep discipling them, so that he can keep pouring himself out. And that's what brings his heart joy. Remember, he said, this is why we really live. We really live so we can serve you. 
so he can pour into you. And that's the, that's the heart of this man. Is he still just wanting to pour himself out? He's wanting to pour himself out. And he says that I want God to complete the work that he started in you. That's a verse that we read to the, even wrote to the, the church at Philippi. In Philippians chapter one, verse six, you don't have to turn there. I'll read it and it'll be on the screen. He says, for I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. You see, Paul knew that God's work was not finished. He knew that there was work that still had to be completed. And that was Paul's heart as he just wanted to simply see them so this work could be completed. He wanted to see them so he could continue to pour himself out. And then he goes on to talk about the two things that weren't completed. The two areas that still needed work. And one of those was he says that your love for one another will grow. I pray that your love for one another will grow. Now that was directed to the believers. That was Paul saying, I want you as the church to continue to love one another in spite of your differences, in spite of where you've been, in spite of where you've come from, in spite of the way you're living now, but I want you to continue to grow in love for one another. You know, that's God's heart for all of us in this room. That is the one reason we talked about last week being so entangled in relationships because the only way that we're gonna begin to love each other, one another, and continue to grow in that is if we're doing life with one another. It's if we're entangled in one another's life. That is how we're gonna grow to love each other because the beauty of it is when you get tangled up in somebody else's life, you realize they're as messed up as you are. Then you're like, man, I can get along with you. You ain't as perfect as I thought you were. You're as jacked up as I am. And because of that, we got that in common. So I think there's something here. I think we can make this relationship work, but that's what the body is. It's just a bunch of messed up people trying to serve the one God. That's what the body of Christ is. And guess what? We're all gonna fall flat on our face. We're all gonna make mistakes. We're all gonna step back into sin, but the beauty of it is, is this is the thing that we're in together, that we're all redeemed by the blood of the lamb. And that is our hope. That is our hope. So Paul is saying, I, I hope your love for one another continues to grow. But then he says, I hope your love for all people continues to grow. Now, this is the heart for the people who are outside the family of God. This is the very reason that we're doing Good Friday service in downtown Gainesville. It's because we want to love all people. Because you know what? It would be a whole lot easier Good Friday. Let's just meet here in God's house. We wouldn't have a whole lot of moving parts. We could come in here and function as normal and be able to, to pull off an event or pull off a, a service like we always do. But here's the beauty of it. When God speaks, we have to be obedient. It would be a whole lot cheaper to meet in here on Good Friday. But can I tell you that when God gives a vision, God's gonna provide the resources. And so therefore we are going because God has instructed us to go. And I'm asking you, don't miss out. We're gonna see people step from darkness to light. And if we'd have had service here on a Good Friday service, I can promise you they wouldn't come. That's why we're taking Jesus to them. 
This is why we're gonna learn to love all people. We're gonna learn to love to grow in how we love everyone that not necessarily acts and looks and talks like we do. It's easy to love like that. It's easy to love people that we have so much in common with. It's a lot harder to love people who don't. And so we're gonna be very intentional about that. You know, we always talk about what is the sign of spiritual maturity? We always think, well, you know what? It's if I got this book memorized, if I got this many verses memorized, if I come to church this many times, if I'm teaching a small group, if I'm serving in this ministry. But the beauty of it is the telltale sign of spiritual maturity is how well do you love? It's that simple. We've really overcomplicated this thing. The sign of spiritual maturity is how well do you love? How well do you love? And so he knows there's work that still has to be done there. And then the second thing that he mentions that there's still work that's gotta be done is he says, for God to establish their heart without blame in holiness. Now that sounds like a big statement, but ultimately all Paul is saying is that I am begging and I am pleading with God that you as the church will be set apart from this world. That's honestly what he's saying. He says, I'm praying that when the Lord Jesus returns, that you will be set apart from the rest of the world. That there will be a difference in you. There will be a difference in how you love. There will be a difference in how you act. There will be a difference in how you treat others. And so I am begging, I'm pleading with God that you're gonna love each other, that you're gonna love all people and that there are people will be able to take notice of how you're living your life. How are you being obedient in following Jesus? And so Paul says here, he goes, I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna pray that you continue to be drawn closer to the Father. I'm praying that you're gonna continue to grow in your faith. And so what we really see here is Paul is saying, I'm praying that you're not content where you're at. I'm praying that you're not satisfied where you're at. Yes, Paul is overwhelmed by all that God has done. He's overwhelmed with all the people that have come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. But what we know is Paul is still not satisfied. Paul is not content where they're at right now. And he wants to continue to pour in them so that they can see more people come to the saving faith of Jesus Christ. And he says, I'm gonna beg God that that keeps happening. I'm gonna beg God that God keeps working. Look at verse 10. Verse 10, he says, and as we night and day keep praying, as we continue night and day to keep praying. Now I know some of you are going, man, that's super spiritual. Like he's praying night and day. That means like 24 seven. That's not even realistic, but that's not what the context is talking about. What he's meaning by saying, I pray night and day, it means that he pr prays on a regular basis. He is constantly praying for the church at Thessalonica. He is doing it. When he says that phrase, I'm doing it night and day and I'm going to keep praying. That phrase, keep praying, is such a loaded and a bold statement. Because what he is saying, this is the same language that Paul writes about to the church of Ephesus when he's talking about, when he's talking about God in Ephesians 3.20. He says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ever ask or imagine. 
If you go back to the original language, that is Paul's prayer life. Paul is saying, I am praying for you. I am exceeding in my prayer life for you. I am going above and beyond the simple call to prayer. And he's saying, that's what I'm devoting myself to. I'm going above and beyond in praying for you. And so he's saying, I am pouring myself out for you. How much I pray for you is not normal. How much I pray for you is over the top. And that's what keep praying means. And he says, but I'm gonna continue to do this so that God will keep moving. Now, this is where we kind of flip the page to do something a little bit different. You know, around here, and for some reason I have been labeled that this is my quote, but I can promise you I'm not this smart. But the thing that we often say when it comes to prayer is that prayer is not the preparation for the greater work, that prayer is the greater work. I wanna ask you a question. Do you believe that? Does your prayer life exemplify that? Does your prayer life individually exemplify that prayer is the greater work? Because I'll be honest with you, I have good days and I have bad days. There's days that if you look at my prayer life, you're like, yep, Brian believes that. Brian believes that with everything in him. But then there's days in my life that you would examine me and say, you know what? Brian thinks he's got it figured out. Did you know when we don't pray, that's what we're admitting? God, I've got it figured out. I don't need you today. God, I can do this. Can I tell you, I don't ever, ever, ever want to be that family of God that thinks we have it figured out. Because if we think we've got it our way, you know what God will do? You can have it your way. We'll see how far that takes you. So what we're gonna be about is our prayer life here in the body of Chestnut Mountain Church is we are going to have a selfless prayer life. And we're gonna keep praying. We're gonna go above and beyond in our prayer life. And as we talked last week, when is the last time that you have prayed with that intensity for a brother or sister in Christ? When's the last time you've prayed that way? When is the last time that you have begged God to do something in someone else's life? And so that's what we're gonna do this morning is we're gonna be obedient. And this is those awkward times where just truthfully, there might not be a soul in this room that moves. But you know what? I don't, I'm not gonna say I don't care, but all I know is that I'm responsible for my obedience and this is what God has instructed us to do this morning. And so what I want you to do this morning is Brandon's gonna come out and he's gonna play something for us. And all we're gonna ask you to do is to be obedient today. Maybe that you need to get up from your seat and you need to go grab the hand of a brother or sister in Christ that, that needs you to pray for them. And maybe you grab them and you bring this, them to this altar and say, hey, look, the only focus of today is for me to pray for you. That's it. And if they try to talk to you, just tell them to be quiet. Just say, no, just psh, I'm here to pray. That's what we're here for, pray for you. But maybe that person's not here today. What would it look like if you fell on your face and you began to do exactly as Paul does and you just keep praying for them? 
You go above and beyond praying for them right now, begging for their salvation, using this outline that Paul even puts in front of us, praying that they grow in their love for one another. Maybe there's some family friction that you know about and you pray that God helps them to love through that. Maybe you know a brother or sister in Christ that's here today that maybe they've got back entangled in the world and just truthfully, if the Lord Jesus come back outside of their name being written in the Lamb's book of life, they wouldn't be able to tell the difference if they were in the world or outside the world. And maybe you need to go and pray for that brother or sister and say, I pray that God just sets you apart. I pray that God sets you apart. And so this morning, we're just gonna have a call to prayer. And I know you're thinking, well, Brian, that, that's kind of old school. I am about to turn 45. But can I tell you that prayer is never out of date? There may be all kind of strategies. There may be all kind of systems that, that churches are implementing now. But can I tell you, if we ever get away from this one, we might as well hang it up. We might as well quit doing what we're doing if we are not gonna have the prayer life of Paul. And so in this awkward moment, I would just ask that you be obedient. That you go and pray for that brother or sister that God places on your heart. Maybe they're in here, maybe they're not. And we're really gonna stretch and in production people will hate this but if they're running sound, if they're running a camera, if they're running lights and God tells you to go pray for them, forget about the technology stuff. You go pray as God leads you to pray this morning. And so we're just gonna have a time this morning where we move in God's house as God's church family. And you be obedient as God leads you this morning. But let's pray for one another today. The work that you have done because God, you're always moving. You're not finished. But God, I pray that we would be obedient until your return. And God, this is our responsibility. These two principles that Paul has talked about today is that until the Lord Jesus' return, we are to keep praising and we are to keep praying. There's nothing else to do but keep praising and praying. So God, we beg you today that you would keep moving. And so God, we thank you in advance that you're going to keep moving. And God, today we are just so thankful that because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, that we have access to a father who loves us. But God, let us never take that for granted. Prayer is essential for the Christian faith. God is the desire that's within us to have conversation with you. So God, thank you for hearing us today. Thank you for loving us today. And all of God's people together said, said amen. So as we're getting ready, believe it or not, to 
kind of wind down and close the day out, we are going to look at one more verse that we've already read. And it's what Paul wrote in verse nine. He says, for what thanks can we render to God for you in return for all joy with which we rejoice before our God on your account. As we've already said, Paul is, is overwhelmed by what all God has done. Paul is blown away by the work and the movement of God. And if you translate this word for word or even, even in paraphrase it in what Brian's language would say, he's basically asking God, God, how can I ever repay you for all that I've seen you do? How could I ever praise you enough for all that I've seen you do? How could I ever worship you enough for all that I've seen you do? I want you to think back over just the last couple of years. How have you seen God move in the last couple of years? Is there someone that you prayed for that you begged that God would save and then all of a sudden you either heard about or, or not to mention, were you there when they stepped into that relationship with Jesus Christ? Because over the last couple of years, I know that there's been prayers and begging on people's behalf and because of those faithful prayers, we've got to see people step from darkness to life here in this room. Do you remember those days when that person you've been praying for, all of a sudden they move or all of a sudden we celebrate the next week that so-and-so give their life to Christ or you saw them step through the waters and that was somebody that you had been praying for. Were you overwhelmed? Did you want to run around and shout for joy? I hope you did. Because that's the faithfulness of God. How many of you had prayed for that prodigal child who had gone astray to return? And over the last couple of years, you've heard of their return. What have you seen God do? Because I'll be honest, when we get to see what we've seen, it's very easy to take it for granted. It's very easy to take it for granted when we stand on this stage and we say, hey, last week, five people gave their life to Christ. Had that been two years ago, you were standing in the seats jumping for joy, but now it's just kind of become the, well, that's just what God does. What you have to realize is that every salvation is individual. We can never get over that that is new life for that person. You know, we're never gonna stop celebrating salvation, but we've gotta be so careful that we don't get content with it and get satisfied with it because the reality is, is God is not through. 
I believe with everything in me that our best days are right in front of us. You know why? Because we're gonna keep praying and we're gonna keep praising. And when we pray and we praise, God is going to keep moving. You know, just this past Sunday, fills the faith in Jackson County, over 600 teenagers gathered together. Six, over 60 acknowledged that they wanted to keep growing in their faith. And five of those gave their life to Jesus Christ. Five people stepped from darkness to life. Lowell Whitmire, many of you have heard me mention his name. He sends me a text right before I'm coming up here. They did a men's gathering yesterday at Hopewell. 29 men gave their life to Jesus Christ. 29 men. Church, the beauty of this is this is 29 men who are now gonna lead their home in the Lord. This is 29 men who are now gonna fight for their marriage through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You said, well, why are we talking about other churches? It's the kingdom of God. And the day we stop talking about other churches is the day that I need to hang it up. Because the beauty of God's work is it's not limited to here. And we can't stop celebrating what God is doing. So Paul is saying, how can I keep praising you for what you've done? How can I keep praising you for all that you're doing? What if we walked in here every day? What if we woke up every morning and we said, God, how can I live my life today as a reflection of being thankful for all that you're doing and all that you have done? I believe our lifestyle would look a little different. I believe our worship would look a little bit different. And you understand that worship's not limited to this room. When the music's playing, when the lights are on, your worship is a lifestyle. Your worship is the opportunity that you have every day that you go to your workplace, that you go to school. That's worship. And if you are truly thankful for what all God has done, that worship is gonna be contagious in your workplace. That worship is gonna be contagious in your school. But never let us get over worshiping the Savior for all that he's done. And so that's ultimately what Paul's saying in just this last part of chapter three. We're just gonna keep praising and we're gonna keep praying until what he says in verse 13. We're gonna keep doing all of this until the coming of our Lord Jesus with all the saints. You say, well, when is our work done? Our work's done when either the Lord calls you home or the Savior returns. That's that simple. And that's what we've seen, what we're gonna see through the remainder of this book the first three chapters is all looking back at to what God has done. And now chapters four and five, guess what it is about now? We're looking to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we've seen what God's done, but here's what we're gonna do until he comes back. We're gonna keep praising and we're gonna keep praying. 
But if we're truly thankful for what he's done, I think we need time this morning to praise him for what he's done. And so the way we're gonna end this morning is we're gonna praise God and we're gonna keep praying. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you made a decision or if you have any questions about salvation or anything about this Christian journey, one of our pastors would love to connect with you. So to connect and find out what your next steps are, go to our website at chestnutmountain.org slash next steps and there will be a form for you to fill out so one of our pastors can connect with you. We also want you to do three things right now. Number one, leave a review on this podcast. Tell us what you think. And also, a review allows us to reach even more people. Number two, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode during the week. And number three, we want you to go check out our Chestnut Mountain Church YouTube channel. So maybe there's some visuals in this episode that you couldn't see but wanted to see. And that's why we have video versions of these episodes along with other content not featured on this podcast right now on our YouTube channel. Lastly, we invite you to join us live for worship on Sunday mornings in person at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or online at 1045 as well. Learn more about us on our website at chestnutmountain.org and don't forget to follow us on social at chestnutmtn underscore for more encouragement and to see all what God is doing in and through CMC. We love you, we're praying for you, and we'll see you next time.